previously on Adequately Advanced Magic. Seriously, Niklaus, the two of you see what would normally be a reception desk, except that it's destroyed and charred. And behind the reception desk, you see the uh, company logo that you haven't seen before, and it says Arcane. Where are we? The only sound that you hear is the sound of flickering lights. That's not creepy at all. You also smell the smell of smoke. The three of you continue on, and you see that there's two doors on each side of the hallway. None of you notice this, but there's like a shot of you guys from the front. Just like the three of you guys as you're heading down the hallway, and behind you, some of the debris is moving by itself. We look for an exit, if possible. Sirius, as you try to leave the room, you bump into something invisible. Oof! Uh. And then before you can react, the invisible being takes your head Uh and smashes it through the coffee table. Welcome to Falcon's Reach, a city in which magic is technology. You're listening to Adequately Advanced Magic. A light flickers, revealing the damaged furniture of the cantaloon branch of Arcane. As the camera settles on some of the debris, it shakes, and we hear a loud noise come from down the hallway. The camera travels down the hallway, heading towards the end, and eventually turns towards an office. The entire time, there's loud banging, shuffling, and some yelling. We cut to inside the room, and we see a pretty nicely decorated office. There's a couple of bookshelves lining the walls, a large Coca-Bolo desk with a very fancy chair behind it, and in the center of the room, we see a coffee table and some very nice cobalt-made rugs. Sirius, your face has just been slammed into the table, and we're going to roll initiative. Initiative. She's had better days. Ooh, that's not a good roll. Not great. Ooh, can't be worse than mine. Oh, I don't know. Four. Five. Two. (laughs) (laughs) We are being caught by surprise, so that makes sense. Here, Kira and Niklaus, the two of you find yourselves about 15, 20 feet away from Sears. Sears, next to you, you hear and feel the flutter of air, and then you feel an incoming attack violent flutter of air. The invisible bean's going to make two attacks. Uh, he rolls a 22. Yep. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, even if I had my armor, that would have hit. First attack does nine damage. Ow! Ow! Second attack is either 17 or 21. Both would hit. Dealing seven damage. Here, Kira and Niklaus, the two of you just see Sears getting bodied. Like, back and forth. It's <laughs> just, like, covered in blood all of a sudden. It's gotta be that same invisible creature that attacked um, 
Valerie. Sirius, it's your turn. Okay. So Sirius burns white hot with rage. She's angry is the point I'm trying to get across. She's like, I'm going to make you fucking pay for what you did to Valerie. <laughs> and she doesn't curse very often. That's how we know she's serious. Yeah. Ser- she's serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get off the stage. <laughs> get off the podcast. Uh, you're not welcome here. <laughs> All right, she's gonna take out her her nightstick that she she kept in her stockings, her shoe. She snuck it in with her, and she's gonna make some attacks with it in the direction that she got attacked in. And she takes it with two hands and like raises it above her head, and she's like, and she does just like a scream, like ah, and brings it down on this on this fiend. Go ahead and roll your attack with disadvantage. Yeah, I can't see. All right, that'll be a nineteen or. 13. So 13. A 13 does not hit. Sad, but she gets two attacks. So she's going to try again. Wow. So that'll be a 19. Hmm. All right, a 19 is the highest one. A 19 hits. And I'm going to expend a one of my second level spell slots to Divine Smite. Ooh. So her Nightstick glows golden. Like, all right, hold on. Golden light envelops her Nightstick as she brings it down. Because she's fueled with divine rage. So the attack itself is... So 30 damage in total. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's right. Does it count as bludgeoning or what? Uh, Yeah, the first 13 of it is bludgeoning, and then the remaining 17 would be radiant. Okay. She's like, I'm not letting you walk away after what you did to Valerie. As you whack the air... Sirius, you see that the, the actual whack does not do that much damage, but it, the the invisible being appears to somewhat recoil from the radiance of your baton. It's divine justice is what it is. She shines so bright. Everybody put on your sunglasses. It's about to get radiant in here. Ooh, good line. <laughs> that, was, that was good. That was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Write that one down for later, Sirius. <laughs> Alright. Nicklaus. So based on where Cirrus was whacking, he has a good idea of where the creature is, even if he can't see it, right? Correct. So he will move around the room, kind of circling where they're fighting, so he can get a clear line of sight on the creature without Cirrus being in the way, so he'll kind of do a little flanking maneuver. Uh, and he will cast Tasha's Caustic Brew at first level. And so a stream of acid shoots out 30 feet long, five feet wide, directly towards the creature, avoiding his teammates. And each creature in the line must succeed on a dexterity saving throw. The invisible being rolls a 17. God, passes. Boo. So yeah, it just misses. Yeah, your your acid just like flops onto the floor. (coughs) Ruining the kobold made rug. I thought it was there, is it not there? It's like, it's here! I just, like, point in the vague direction that I thought it was. That's where I shot it! I go, no, not there! Here! Oh, okay, I'll, I'll get it next time. Here, here. Here, here. He's going to stay where he is and cast Bark Skin on himself. All of a sudden, Skin takes on a rough, bark-like appearance. And now, he has more AC. And he's going to stay where he is for the moment. The invisible being continues its assault on Sirius. It did not like being smited. 
Smitten. Smitten. It either rolls a 22 or 14, so it's a 22. Uh, yes, that hits. It has advantage? Yes, because it's invisible, and it does seven damage on the first attack. A piece of wood flies up and just whacks you in the face, Sears. Ouch! On the second attack, he rolls either a 12 or an 8. Those don't hit. The the wood prepares to strike back at you. <laughs> Episode 2, the wood strikes back. <laughs> the wood strikes back. <laughs> it does not strike back, though. You duck, and it flies over your head. I've learned since the last time I got hit five <laughs> seconds ago. And it's back to you, Sears. Sears. She closes her eyes, and then she gets... All of a sudden, she's sort of outlined by more golden light that surrounds her form. And she's going to cast Shield of Faith on herself to raise her AC by two. And then she just says, like, I will destroy you with everything I have. And she brings her nightstick up again. Or no, she brings it, like, to her side this time and, like, thrusts it forward at him. But, like, twice, so, like, uh, uh. <laughs> okay, so first attack is either a nat 20 or or 23. So I'll go with the 23, sadly. And then I'll do the second attack also, just for right now, which will be either a, yeah, either a 12. It's, gonna, it's not going to hit. All right. Yeah, so the second attack would be a 12. A 12 does not hit. All right, so only the first attack will hit. I'm also going to use another second level spell slot to divine smite it so divine very smite so smitey all right so that'll be 10 bludgeoning damage and then 17 radiant damage and 10 bludgeoning damage okay boom you thrust into the invisible being and some air swirls around it and then you hear some sort of force like bouncing back Almost as if it's recoiling in pain. I've got your number now, you son of a bitch. Whoa. Whoa. That's aggressive. Sirius looks furious. Nick Klaus, it's your turn. How injured does Invisible Creature look? (laughs) (laughs) For some reason, you can't tell. Uh, Nick Klaus yells out to his compatriots, Should I try covering it in acid again so we can see it, or should I just hurt it real bad? Sirius is too focused on what she's doing right now to answer you. If you can hurt it, I think that's the fastest way out of this. Okay. Niklaus will cast Dissonant Whispers at third level. So he will whisper a discordant melody that only one creature of my choice within range can hear, racking it with terrible pain. The target must make a wisdom saving throw. The invisible being rolls a 20. That passes. It takes half damage and it doesn't have to run away. So it will take half of 5d6. So that was 14 damage, so half is seven. So it takes seven psychic damage. You concentrate very hard on the empty space next to Sears, and you see some of the debris nearby shuffle around. And it's Hirker's turn. Yes, yes, yes. All right, I cast Flame Blade and move up next to where I think the invisible dude is. As you run up to the invisible being here, Kira, it turns its focus towards Niklaus. Niklaus has no way of knowing this. It flies towards you, 
and then slams you against the bookshelf behind you. First attack is either a 21 or a 9. Ah! 21 hits. First attack does 14 damage. Ooh. Ow. Niklaus, you're thrown backwards into the bookshelf. Turns out books can hurt a lot. <laughs> this is the power of knowledge. <laughs> the invisible being gears up for a second attack, this time rolling either a 21 or a 20. Unnatural. 21 hits. This time dealing 10 damage. A book flies up and whacks you in the face. Ah! I'm going to use a reaction. Do it. So Sarah's seeing that this heathen, this fiend, is attacking her friend Niklaus, is going to like point at, in the, in the general direction that she thinks all this is happening. And she'll say, don't you lay another hand on his head. And in like a beam of light shoots out of her finger at, in this direction. And she's using her channel divinity ability called Rebuke the Violent. And she's going to make the creature do a wisdom save. The creature rolls a 19. So on a failure, they will take half the damage that they just did to Niklaus in radiant damage. So they'll take five radiant damage. All right, what does it look like? Yeah, so a beam of light shoots out of Sirius's finger as she's pointing in this direction, or the direction that she thinks the invisible creature is at, and it courses through the invisible creature kind of like lightning, and you see it writhe in pain. Or you don't see it writhe in pain, but you feel it writhe in pain. <laughs> you sense it writhing in pain. All right, and it's still, well, now it's your turn. So she's like, oh, you, she's like, you do not run away from me. She's gonna run over to where Nicklaus is and she's gonna like do a, she's gonna run and then she's gonna jump and bring her nightstick down. Okay, so her first attack will be, her first attack will be a 16. A 16 hits. Nice. Second attack will be either a 24 or 20. Second attack will be a 20. 20 also hits. Okay, so Sirius does one more divine smite so her nightstick is covered in golden light as it comes down on this thing. Okay, so six bludgeoning damage and seven radiant damage for the first attack. The second attack will be eight bludgeoning damage. You whack. Whack. I think it's on the ropes. And it's Niklaus' turn. He will point blank cast Ray of Frost, trying to uh, hit this creature that's right in front of him. So he'll do it with the same disadvantage. He normally would have. This is invisible. Double disadvantage. That's either going to be a 19 or a 15. A 15 still hits. Ah, the Ray of Frost slams into the creature doing 2d8 damage. Does 8 cold damage. And its speed is reduced by 10 until the start of its next turn. Of my next turn. After landing your hit, you see there's some floating ice particles right in front of you. <laughs> and it's Hercure's turn. I run up and attack with my flame blade where I see the... Do I see the ice particles? Yeah, but that's just, that's just flavor. Here, 22 or a natural 20. 26. So 22. Yep. Yeah, that's 3d6 flame damage. 13 points of damage. Nice. Excellent. All right, describe how you, like, just barely, barely, barely 
not almost kill him. But you do. (laughs) (laughs) Question mark? He's got his scimitar out. He sort of sees where the uh, ice shards are, kind of aims and slashes through that space with his flaming scimitar. The ice particles break into two halves, and they fall to the floor. And that's the end of that combat. Woohoo! So as you look down and you see at least one half of the ice particles still sort of moving a little bit. Just stomp in that space. Uh, so it's alive still? It's dying. Oh. <laughs> it's twitching. She stands over it. She's like, do you have any last words? I don't know that it has vocal cords. Do you even know what this is? I don't care what it is. Does it have any last words? <laughs> it does not. Then Sirius is going to... <laughs> Alright, here's what Sirius is going to do. Sirius is going to curb stomp the space where the ice particles are writhing around. And she's going to say, the power of me compels you. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's going to sheathe her nightstick. You curb stomp the ice particles. And then they dissipate. Sirius closes her eyes and does a quick prayer to Tamara, and at the end of it she says, Rest in peace, Valerie. And then she turns to her two compatriots and says, I think we gotta get out of here. Yeah, the the attack on the plaza is gonna happen any minute. Do we know of any exits other than that teleport room? I don't think we found any windows or doors or fire escapes or anything like that. Yeah, let's just head back to the teleporter. All right. We'll figure it out as we go. It's a good thing I'm not almost completely out of spells. On the way out, Cirrus will put her hand on Nicholas's back, and from the audience perspective, there will be a golden flash of light uh, for an instant, and Nicholas will be healed for 14 damage. Oh wow, that helps a lot. Thank you. You got roughed up pretty badly, and you might still need strength to spare. Then she'll also do the same for herself. Or whatever's left, which should be 11, I think. Yeah, touch yourself. <laughs> it's like every time. Yeah, no one has, no, definitely no one ever <laughs> has made that joke before. <laughs> I think we make it every single time I use that spell. <laughs> That's because everyone makes that joke every time someone uses that spell. Because <laughs> it's so good. Nah. Nah. <laughs> That's not possible. Shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> We'll just say we were in the bathroom for a really long time. Yeah, we'll see. Assuming it can teleport us back and it's not a one-way thing. Do we know if we could set the destination, Joey? Do an arcana check. I will do an arcana check. That's a two. This magic tech is so fancy you've never even really seen it before. The teleportation magic is only reserved for the people who can afford it, so that they don't have to work on the dirty streets like peasants. <laughs> Sirius abandons the thought immediately. She doesn't even know why she was thinking it. This is above her head. <laughs> Do we see another big red button to hit? Go ahead and do a perception check. It's gonna be a uh, 15. Nicklaus, you take a look around. You notice two things. The first one is a slight glint of metal coming from where the body of the invisible being was. And the second is a glint of magic coming from the destroyed coffee table. 
Niklaus will examine the, the creature and is like, I think there's something here. Kind of like rummages around. You pick up a little piece of metal that is quite small. And you take a look at it and it says, Property of Valdivian. Hmm. Project 753. Invisible Stalker. Elemental Weapon. Oh. Number five. He shows it to his friends. This creature was some type of experiment from Valdivian. I guess I'm not surprised. Here, it's called an elemental weapon. That's the same thing that we saw in the takeover plan, right? That's what they're sending to the plaza? More of these things? Oh no. I mean, it's a pretty effective weapon, I think. Those poor people don't have a chance. Just because they're poor. <laughs> There's so many meanings. There's so many layers. Also, I did see something weird on this coffee table that you fell through. I think it was, I think it was right over here. You, know, you like pushes away the debris. Right, right near, right here next to the, one of your blood stains. Uh, I found this, uh, this thing. <laughs> there is a lot of debris. It was a very heavy Coca-Cola desk. Nicholas uses a mage hand to assist him. Yeah, some of the, some of the stuff is too heavy to be mage hand. You see, there's one of your teeth that got broken loose, and then next to this is a button. <laughs> hey, can you guys help me move this piece? It's like, it's like I think it's under here. All right, stand back. Nikos stands back. Hercule also stands back. Didn't seem like Cyrus was looking for help. I attempt to lift, bro. Do you even? Yeah, go and roll a strength check. Oh, that is a ten. Cyrus, you try really, really, really hard. Give us your best lifting noises. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Him. <laughs> oh, this is some heavy cocobolo. Here, here, Nick Class, you take a look at it, and it's just like a very, like, petite-looking piece of wood. It's very dense. It's surprisingly dense. You wouldn't think that from looking at it. I, I move over and inspect it more closely. The piece of wood, or? Yes, the piece of wood. All right, go and do an investigate check. I investigate Cirrus's biceps to see why she can't lift it. I actually hurt my throat a little bit. I need to <laughs> not do that again. Uh, 17. It's just extremely well built. Also, Cirrus is a little bit tired from whacking too many times. There was like at least six or seven whacks in there. I try to lift it up. Uh, yeah, how about you also do a strength check? This will go well. Natural 20. Nice. <laughs> this little boy coming in here. <laughs> uh, yeah, as as Sirius is straining underneath the weight of the wood, you just walk up, put, pick it up with like one pinky up, and you just like toss it over to the side. Sirius shakes her head and she says, "Use." I, I I loosened it for you. I mean, maybe. She like looks away, embarrassed. Underneath the scratched-up rug, you notice that there's the, the beginnings of a teleportation circle. Ooh. Like, you mean some of it is still concealed, or is it unfinished and needs to be finished? Other parts of it are underneath the carpet. Okay. Okay. It's like, I don't, I don't know. That arcane <laughs> roll. Magic, <laughs> how does it work? Uh, magic tech. I should have gone to college. Why'd I have to insist on going to the police academy? Well, Nicholas will start moving the rug and other stuff out of the way to try to reveal the whole circle. Yeah. You do so, and you notice that there's the, the circle is very similar to the one that took you here. There's a little contraption that pops out. 
there's like a foot lever that you can stick your feet into. Nicholas, you seem knowledgeable about this sort of stuff. Is there any way to tell where this will send us? Well, in my experience, these things tend to be set up to like a single location. No, but I meant, is there anything in here that has that location written down or something so that we know what we're walking into? We could look. Okay, I, I look around. <laughs> but see, do we really have an option about where we're gonna go? We we don't, but it would still be good to know what we were going in, what we're going into. Well, time's a ticking. I take a very, a very quick moment to see if there's anything that indicates where this is going to send us. Yeah, go and do a investigate check. That would be a 15. Based on how similar the transportation rune is to the one that took you here, you deduce that this will probably just take you back to the office in Lillian's apartment. Oh, okay. I thought we would have had to go back to the one in the other side of the hallway for that. Okay. There's like a, there's like a little like cartoon version of him in your head. And he's like, bro, there's no way I can walk all the way over there. <laughs> bra. Bra. Come on, bra. Come on, bra. 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 And then it's just like stuck in your head now. He's like, bra. 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 <laughs> and I slowly go insane. <laughs> Sarah's is slowly going insane. <laughs> Joey suddenly introduces insanity checks yeah, into his insane, comedy insane game. Points. Yeah. <laughs> bra. 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 That, that actually is bra. torture. Bra. <laughs> 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 Sarah says, uh, well, bras, uh, sorry, uh, this will, okay, yes, this is going to take us back to where we came from. I'm sure of it. All right. All right, let's get in. The three of you stomp on over to the teleportation circle. Stomp, stomp, stomp. When we're in position, Niklaus will activate the foot lever. You put the pedal to the metal. Oh, no. Boo. And the three of you are teleported. We, The three of you fly through time and space for the second time of the night, and the three of you plop into Lillian's home office. It'll be fine. What could go wrong? The three of you find yourselves back where you started. The, uh, the coffee table mechanism has lifted up and revealed the teleportation circle. The office itself appears to be the same. Alright, that's good. So there's no one, there's no one in the office? All right, I guess we should get out of here. Find uh, Virginia. Yeah, we have to get to the um, plaza as soon as we can. All right, what are we waiting for? Let's go. We evacuate. The cross follows. The three of you burst into the hallway of the back area of Lillian's apartment and then continue on. Yes. Mm-hmm. You guys run past the conference room where you guys were supposed to receive this super awesome pitch, bras. <laughs> <laughs> bras. And then enter the dining room. And everything is totally cool and fine. Everything is totally cool and fine. Yeah! Nice. Mostly. <laughs> it appears the party has ended. There's really, like, no one here. There's just the, the detritus of the festivities of the past night. How long have we been gone? We'll say it took a while to, like, rummage through all the papers and PowerPoints and all that jazz. It's fair. There's not a. There's really like no one here except for two people. You see Florencio, the college-age Elvish assistant, standing over what appears to be a body, curled up on a couch. Is it Lorenzo or Florencio? 
Uh, Florencia with an F. Oh, been writing it wrong this whole time. I'm sorry, guy. <laughs> <laughs> this poor guy. There's a curled up body there. Yep. <laughs> does it look like Lillian? It does not. Dang. Does it look like Virginia? It looks like just the. Uh, how about ever I do it for seven check? Got a twelve. What do my human eyes see? Got a four. <laughs> Got an eight. Doing great no, here, guys. No Legolas is here. Amazing. <laughs> uh, it's half elf, not full elf. Sirius and Nick Klaus, the two of you are pretty certain he's standing over dead body. Hercure, however, you're pretty certain this guy's just drunk and for some reason talking to a rock. Uh, uh, I uh, go take a closer look at the rock. <laughs> yeah. uh, you approach and you stand next to Florencio looking over this dude and he's just like bro just let me talk to my girlfriend okay meanwhile the rock is just like yelling like I need you to find this police officer it'll be really obvious she won't stop talking about justice <laughs> just find someone who keeps talking about justice and give the rock to them please and no I am not your girlfriend uh, can I, uh, slip the rock? Take the rock? Guys, if we don't leave soon, something very unjust is going to happen to those people at the plaza. Sir, sir, you're very, you're very, you're very drunk. Can I, yeah, yeah, you're, sir. And I'm going to try and take the stone. Go and do a sleight of hand check. Meanwhile, this will go well. Niklaus and Sirius, what are the two of you guys doing? Ooh, I rolled a 19. Well, Niklaus thought he saw Florenzio standing over a dead body, right? Yep. <laughs> so he prepared a spell and was going to unleash it on him, but then he was like, wait, we're in a hurry. It looks like Hercure is taking care of it. We need to get going, Cirrus. <sighs> Sadly, we do. I would love to... There's no time for justice. I would love to bring this guy to justice, but we have to help those more people at the plaza. No time for justice. We hurry on. Yep. Hercure... The guy's like, bruh, bro, bro, you got any beer on you? Wait, give me a sec. I'll go see what I can find. Run away with the rock. Here, here, we have to get back to the plaza now. Sirius says very loudly. You sneak the rock away. Oh, yeah. Florencio does see you guys, and he's like, oh, the, oh I didn't know there were people still here. Uh, sorry, the party's over, and you have to leave now. On our way. Is there complimentary car service? No. As soon as, like, I'm away a little bit, I'll say into the rock. We're on our way. What? Is that? Is that you here, here? Yes, it's me. Where the hell have you guys been? It's a long story. We gotta get to the plaza now. What? Why? Virginia, there's no time to explain. They're going to kill everybody there. What? What? Uh, uh, okay, fine. We're, we're just parked outside. Yeah, we're coming. we're coming. We'll explain everything in the car. I run. Sprint out to the car. The three of you run, leaving Lillian's apartment and some plushies behind. The three of you take the free elevator down. So it's a marvel to behold. Free elevator. Wow. What kind of elevator music is playing? <laughs> it's some like gentle jazz music. Classy. Hercule feels ill. I thought it was going to be the do 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 <laughs> What do you guys think about as you ride the elevator? Can't believe it's free. 
Sirius is very terrified about what these people are capable of. Niklaus is doing the mental math of how long ago they saw the message that the attack would be in 30 minutes. I think it said the ETA of the, the attack, and it was roughly 30 minutes from... Yeah, but then we had a fight. Yeah, but that was like, what, one minute tops? <laughs> <laughs> Plus we ran everywhere. Who knows how long we were in the teleporter? Does the elevator have a clock? No. Do elevators usually have clocks? Well, how, well, this is a fancy one. <laughs> you know what? There, There is an elevator. <laughs> there is an elevator. Uh, wait, no, there is a clock. Sorry. <laughs> there's an elevator and there's a clock. <laughs> there's an elevator in this elevator. <laughs> there's an elevator and a clock. It's elevators all the way down. <laughs> so what time does the elevator say it is as we ride the clock down? Mm, you're going to be late. Oh, God. I wish we had a way to warn them. That makes Niklaus remember a spell of which he only has a single spell slot left at that level, but he thinks it's worth it. So he um, casts a, his last remaining third level spell and casts Sending, sending a message to Annette, the landlady of the plaza. What's the, what's the, how much time is left from what I calculated? Like 20 minutes, 25 minutes? Yeah, something like that, yeah. So he plans out his message. <clears throat> Annette, this is Niklaus. In 25 minutes, there will be attack on the plaza. You need to get everyone to safety. We're on our way. I think this might have, sending might be the most useful spell we've used in this campaign so far. <laughs> Who knew cell phones were so useful? Right? Communication. Overrated. <laughs> and then he, he waits um, for the reply. There is no response. The Ominous. The slaughter has begun. As you expend your last spell slot, Niklaus, go ahead and do a constitution saving throw. Seems normal. Ooh, that's a three plus seven is ten. It's less good. The noises in your head intensify all of a sudden, and it suddenly becomes very hard to concentrate. They're so loud that Sirius says something to you, you know, you barely even hear it. You fail to hear the ding of the elevator and you stare out into space. And you suddenly get the feeling that there's just hands just touching you for some reason. The class grabs like the sides of his head and goes, ah. Hercure and Sirius, the two of you look at Niklaus and he doesn't look too good. Uh-oh. That's not great. Niklaus, buddy? She like snaps her fingers in front of his face. Something's wrong. I tried sending a message to Annette, but I didn't get a response back. Uh-oh. You don't you don't look so good. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I, <laughs> we should we should get going. It's just like hands everywhere. <laughs> okay. Niklaus is just like grimacing and just trying to move forward. The three of you stumble out into the lobby and then outside the front doors. And outside you see Virginia and Galazar's company SUV. Well, it's the first time I've ever been glad to see that. Sirius grimaces at the Valdivian logo on the side of it, but proceeds to enter the vehicle anyway. The three of you clamber on in. We cut to a shot of Lillian as he lounges around in the back of his vehicle, being driven around to somewhere. We hear a loud clunk come from behind him, and he sort of like looks back, and we see that he's followed by a very large levitating van of some sorts carrying canisters. We see his vehicle slow down and pull up to your business plaza. He opens the door and steps out, and he stretches. 
as the van behind him pulls up. A couple of Valdivian folk run up and start sealing the area off with tape and some rudimentary barricades. He claps his hands together and he's like, all right, let's do this, bras. (laughs) All right, bras. And he starts walking into the plaza. This is Joe, your Adequately Okay Dungeon Master. We're coming up on the end of Season 2 of Adequately Advanced Magic. I hope y'all are as excited as we are. I just want to do a quick shout-out to another one of our patrons, Leader. Your support means a lot to us and keeps us going. If you'd like to support the podcast, be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash adequatelyadvancedmagic. We've got a bit of bonus content there for you to enjoy and polls for the bonus arcs. Join us next time as Hirkir, Sirius, and Niklaus fight to save the plaza.